The Lifestylist, episode 26, featuring Dave Asprey. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. What's poppin', what's crackin', and what is up? This is Luke Story from LukeStory.com. Today, I'm bringing you an interview with Mr. Bulletproof Coffee himself, Dave Asprey. I'm really excited to put this one out because I've been working on it for a little while. As you can imagine, he's a busy guy and hard to lock into an appointment. So we finally got it done today on the heels of the Bulletproof Conference here in LA, which I was doing for the past few days. Uh, Following that, I went up to Santa Barbara and did some hot springs and some beach excursions with my Bulletproof crew, and I've been having a lot of fun. So I zipped back down from Santa Barbara today and got Dave on the call and we got to get through quite a bit of really good information. So some of the topics we cover are of course why butter, specifically butter in bulletproof coffee, does not make you fat. It makes you skinny. How does that work? And why is cholesterol not bad for you? This is a myth that's been perpetuated upon us and I asked Dave to clear it up for you because this is something that people always ask me. And then we get a lot into the Bulletproof Diet for which he's of course written a great book and we talk about the infographic and that spectrum of food and beverage including his views on water. You know my views on water, if you know me, have to do with drinking spring water and Dave thinks my method is perhaps a little ridiculous and we hopefully clear that up with him. Uh, because he has a little bit different views on water, which was interesting. And then we go into a lot of the tech stuff, of course. We kind of nerd out on his 40 years of Zen uh, neurofeedback training, as well as some exciting news about the brand new, about to open bulletproof labs on the west side. So we go into cryotherapy and float tanks and all sorts of weird biohacking tech stuff, which I just tried, actually a lot of it at the Bulletproof Conference, and it was fantastic. So it's really neat to get some of the data on that stuff. And there's really a lot to look forward to in the world of biohacking. So I'm super pumped to share this information with you guys. And if you're pumped to hear it, I'd love to invite you over to my website at lukestory.com forward slash support, where you can offer a small or perhaps medium or even a large donation to help support the expense of the show. I'm having a great time doing this, but I, I quickly found out when you start your own podcast, it does not happen for free. It takes a lot of time, energy, and money, and literally a small army of people to pull this thing off every week. And I want to start putting out some more episodes, even maybe two episodes or three episodes a week. I have big ambitions for the content, the guests, and the production value, but it takes a bit of coin to keep this thing going. So if you go to lukestory.com forward slash support, you'll find three easy options where you can make a small donation. It can be a one-time thing. You give me $1. Actually, I think maybe there's a 99 cent (laughs) minimum or something, but seriously, anything you can do to help would be awesome. You also have a chance on there to... uh, do a pledge on a monthly basis through my Patreon page and you get some awesome exclusive rewards as a result. So it's pretty cool. Next thing I'd like to ask of you is that you share this episode with someone you know who's interested in this content. So you got someone on your list that's into mind, body, spirit, personal development, health, wellness, yoga, meditation, smart drugs, all the wacky stuff that I get down with here. Do me a favor, share this episode with them. That's the best way that you can help me and the mission of my show, The Lifestylist, okay? So enjoy this interview with Dave Asprey and don't forget to join me next Tuesday where I bring you an interview with Ryan Muncy from Natural Stacks and we talk all things health and fitness. Enjoy, see you next week. Are you tired of people telling you don't sweat the small stuff? Well, now you can sweat it all. Detox your way to better health, deeper sleep, and improved athletic performance with a clear light sauna. Clearlight is the only infrared sauna with no EMF and no ELF exposure, and each sauna comes with a 100% lifetime warranty. That's forever, man. <laughs> the saunas start at just $22.95 with free shipping in the USA. Go to healwithheat.com or call 800-317-5070 and mention the code word LUKE for an extra discount and a sweet gift with your purchase. So go to healwithheat.com 
or call 800-317-5070. Straight up, Clearlight saunas are the best saunas in the world, hands down. I'm a research geek. I've looked at all of them. I've tried all of them, and I would have it no other way. So check out Clearlight saunas and save yourself a couple bucks along the way. Dave Asprey, founder of Bulletproof and author of New York Times bestseller, The Bulletproof Diet, is a Silicon Valley investor and technology entrepreneur who spent two decades and over $300,000 to hack his own biology. Dave lost 100 pounds without counting calories or excessive exercise, used techniques to upgrade his brain and lift his IQ by 20 points, lowered his biological age while learning to sleep more efficiently in less time. Learning to do these seemingly impossible things transformed him into a better entrepreneur entrepreneur, a better husband, and a better father. Dave is the creator of the widely popular Bulletproof Coffee, host of the number one health podcast, Bulletproof Radio, and author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Bulletproof Diet. Through his work, Dave provides information, techniques, and keys to taking control of and improving your biochemistry, your body, and your mind so that they work in unison, helping you to execute at levels far beyond what you'd expect without burning out, getting sick, or allowing stress to control your decisions. So welcome to the show, Dave Asprey. How's it going, Luke? It's going great, man. I'm uh, recovering, of course, from the conference, like I'm sure you are to a lesser or greater degree. And uh, I just want to say, man, this year was fantastic. Congratulations. It was an absolutely epic event. And uh, and I want to encourage anyone listening, if you're into this kind of stuff that Dave and I are going to be talking about, you have to come to this next year because it is, I mean, you know, I've been to all these conferences for as long as I think they've had them. And this was just- You're, you're talking about the, bullet, the Bulletproof Biohacking the Conference. The Bulletproof Biohacking Conference, yeah. named it yet, so people listening might be like, what, which conference? Yeah. Of course, that's the one I'm speaking of. So yeah, it was it was fantastic. And uh, it was just, it's one of those things where there's so much to do that it's actually hard to go and hear a lot of the speakers you want to hear. But what's excellent is we have the opportunity to see the videos afterwards. So it was, uh, it was quite an extreme event and, uh, I'm still recovering <laughs> myself. So I can only imagine like running it, what you're, what you're going through. So yeah, man. So we're just going to jump right into it. I've got, of course, a bunch of questions and I've been following your stuff and I'm such a bulletproof cheerleader. And most of my listeners already know that because I talk about it all the time. So That's I'm fun. not, I'm not going to go through kind of the rote, like, you know, how did you end up here, Dave? Because I think a lot of people have probably heard of you. If they haven't, they can of course listen to your podcast, but there's a couple very basic questions that I want to ask because these are the ones that drive me nuts and I don't have the technical answers to them, such as if you're putting butter in your coffee, A, doesn't that make you fat? And B, isn't that a bunch of bad cholesterol? Can you give me just like the basic rebuttal to that? I'm sure you have it down by now. Sure. So the second one is the easiest one. Okay. The American Heart Association, the people who for like 40 years have been telling us don't eat cholesterol, last year they changed their mind. They now consider cholesterol a, quote, nutrient of no concern, close quote. All right. So people who have that stuck in their head, here's what happened. Big Sugar in 1960-something paid $50,000 to a Harvard researcher to say that fat was the problem and sugar was good. And he went out and published some stuff in the New England Journal of Medicine. This is all a matter of public record and convinced us that, oh, cholesterol and fat are bad. Therefore, you should eat more sugar, which was a lie. It was a commercially motivated lie. And you still believe it. So when someone tells you, oh, X food equals cholesterol, so what? It simply doesn't matter. The people who are most behind the anti-cholesterol message have changed their mind and basically said, mea culpa, we were wrong. So yes, there's some cholesterol in butter. It just so happens that all of your hormones, like testosterone and estrogen, things like that, they might be made out of cholesterol. Oh wait, they are. Cholesterol is required for every cell in the body to run. So yeah, there's cholesterol in butter. It's probably one of the reasons it makes you feel good. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good answer. I mean, all all I know is like 
I have energy all the time. What's the weird thing that happened for me subjectively when I started drinking bulletproof coffee? And for those of you that you know haven't figured this out by now, if you're living under a rock, that is of course a certain mold-free type of coffee uh, made by Bulletproof, and also um, you know a sort of MCT called Brain no, Octane. No, it's not MCT. Let's just be oh, it's not forward. anymore. Okay, MCT okay, cool. MCT makes you shit yourself. Just so we're really clear, it's usually made in China, and it doesn't raise ketones very much. Brain Octane raises ketones much more than MCT, and it doesn't cause the gastric distress of MCT. So that's like a major okay. problem. It's also not coconut oil. So people get really confused because the people selling cheap stuff from China are trying to create confusion. So when I hear someone say Brain Octane is MCT, I'm like, actually, no. It's food, but you know, donuts are food too, but you can't say they're the same thing because they have different biological effects. There's a study from UC San Diego that highlights the difference between MCT and Brain Octane. Brain Octane raises ketones much more than MCT. That's why we make it that way. And it's 18 times um, stronger in terms of that effect than like pure coconut oil, right? So wouldn't I have to have like 18 tablespoons of coconut oil in a day to get the same kind of dose that I would in Brain Octane? Do I have that part right? Well, it's, it depends on the year, the year and how much water and things like that. Because right, right. coconut oil isn't always the same. It's a, it's a natural product, so it varies. It's between right. 10, 10 and 18 pounds of coconut oil yield one pound of Brain Octane. Wow. And they yield about nine pounds of MCT oil. Like that's why it's such a big difference between MCT oil and brain octane and pretty, pretty substantial difference. I literally just drink that stuff. I just walk by the kitchen. I'm like, I'm kind of hungry, but I don't want to stop what I'm doing and have a big like ordeal out of eating. So I'll just like chug a tablespoon or two of it, like a shot glass maybe. And then sometimes I'll just mix some, you know, herbal elixir or something like that in my mouth. I use it to kind of take supplements. It's weird. You're, you're hardcore. A lot of people have like their gut doesn't <laughs> like that so much. But here's here's why people have gotten crazy for brain octane and it's mostly in bulletproof coffee, but I just poured it on my sushi. Like I put it in my salad and I put it in every meal. What brain octane does for performance is it helps you directly raise something called ketones in the blood which is what happens when, normally when you're fasting for a few days, you're on a very high-fat, low-carb diet. The problem is most people won't stay on a high-fat, low-carb diet for very long unless they're dying of cancer or something. So brain octane is a way of cheating. You can still eat some carbs, and it will raise your ketones as if you were fasting. When you raise your ketones just a little bit, it changes your craving hormone called ghrelin, and it changes your I'm full hormone called CCK. So what you're doing there is you get a little bit of this stuff. It goes into the body, gives the body fuel from ketones instead of sugar, and then it turns off your hunger. It's like throwing a switch. And as a former 300 pounder, uh, I'm around probably 220 right now with the amount of muscle I'm carrying. Um, it's been a complete game changer because I don't think about food. Like I eat, I put brain octane on my food, and then I'm done, and I won't have a snack. I won't care about food. You can offer me a snack that tastes good, and I just don't want it. It's very different than having the willpower to say no. Screw willpower. You don't need it when you eat right. Yeah, that's the first effect that I had. And when I was working at that time with my fashion school, and we had kind of a bullpen set up in the office. So everyone would start, you know, getting hungry around noon. And I'm like, you guys are so annoying. Why is everyone obsessed with eating? It's just like, can't we just get some work done? And they're like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you eat? And it's like, it's the same thing. And you know, it's funny. It was so easy to quit gluten. And I wouldn't say I've quit sugar, you know, but you don't have like, to just cut it yeah, way back. Yeah. But sugar cravings and carb cravings. So that was awesome. But I wanted to share something interesting with you because I know the story about going to the Himalayas and you observed the chirpas there drinking this yak butter tea. I was reading my Kundalini Yoga book by Yogi Bhajan, who's the guy that kind of brought that particular style of yoga to the States. And um, it's a book for men. And he talks a lot about men's hormones and stuff like that. And then there's this one little excerpt that a friend of mine led me to. And he talks about how great it is to put ghee in your tea. And how that that, you know, gives you more virility and makes you more of a man and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So it's another example of the yogis kind of figuring out a hot drink with, you know, this kind of fat. It's funny. I just started making ghee about two months ago. So we have a bulletproof ghee that's made over an open flame using traditional Ayurvedic techniques. And it's actually a little bit cleaner to make bulletproof coffee or tea. You put the, the ghee in there in Ayurveda, they didn't have access to brain octane because they couldn't crack the coconut oil molecule to get just that little bit out. It's, it's kind of like a distillation process you would use to make like vodka out of uh, beer or something. And 
when you add that to the ghee, it's a much stronger amplified effect. The problem is that ghee in tea or in, in Tibet or just in coffee, it doesn't froth and foam the way butter does. So butter tastes better, but ghee is, is a cleaner thing to put in your coffee. You know what a little hack that I do when I'm using ghee, because it, it does lack that creamy texture, is I'll put some of your um, collagen protein yeah. in there. And that, that like that, yeah, that kind of like gives you that butter kind of thing. And actually that leads me to one question. I took a couple questions on Instagram from uh, from my listeners of oh, things cool. they wanted to know. Yeah. And someone was asking, where is it? Um, what about someone with severe dairy allergies, even for ghee? What might they they do? Which I feel so sorry for the person who asked that. I mean, if you can't even tolerate ghee, what could you use as, as a substitute for like a nice fatty hot drink, whether it be a coffee or some kind of tea or whatever? It's tough. There are very few people who are ghee intolerant because ghee's had essentially all protein taken out. I've probably met six people like that. And this is out of like hundreds of thousands of people who use bulletproof coffee. So what... What I recommend you do there is you find something that you're not sensitive to. If you're that sensitive to to dairy, you probably have a whole host of other sensitivities. But you, if you can try a little bit of nut butter in there, you can put brain octane and some nut butter, and that'll give you some creaminess. You can throw some coconut oil in there, but coconut oil doesn't add to the creaminess. It actually makes it more oily. And coconut oil uh, contains about 5 or 6% brain octane. And a lot of the oil and coconut level does, it's not creamy, it's not frothy, it adds calories. You get some lauric acid, which is not an MCT, even though it's legally allowed to be called one. That's a big source of the, the problem there is that um, unethical companies are labeling this very common and very healthy oil in, in coconut oil as if it's going to have a biological activity like uh, uh, some of the other MCTs. So coconut oil, I've seen people do that. What does work probably best is canned coconut milk. And there, you're not going to get substantial MCTs or brain octane out of the coconut milk, but you will get the creaminess. And if you find BPA-free coconut milk, it's oftentimes made with guar gum, which is acceptable. It's, it's not wonderful, but it's okay. And that will give you a really nice flavor. In the, the very early days when I was iterating, there's probably a thousand versions of Bulletproof before the first blog post came out, about it. And I used to do a mix of butter and coconut milk and coconut oil and uh, what became brain octane and, and a bunch of other stuff and all those iterations. But you'll find coconut milk works really, really well. And you can add the brain octane without getting like a slimy layer like you would if you put coconut oil in. Boom. Excellent answer. I, I actually, that reminds me, I get kind of pissed because I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of this and discovered it, but I'll go to like a city like New York City and I'll see on the you know, on the on the um, menu board at a coffee shop, bulletproof coffee, and I'm like, oh, sick! And then I order it, and it's actually like this really greasy coconut oil kind of thing. It's like I'm like, don't call like call it butter coffee, call it anything, yeah. but I want I want the real deal. So I just bring I bring my own now. I mean, if I, I stay at a hotel, I bring my own blender and the whole thing. But if, anyway, if, you, if, if people see that, if you see a coffee shop doing that, like a lot of them, like I'm honored that they they like uh, the work and one of two things going on either it's a good a good hearted thing or they're like trying to be a little bit smarmy about it so either way like you can either tell them or just go to the bulletproof facebook page and tell me and i will politely and kindly reach out to the coffee shop be like hey guys like do you want to get hooked up with the real stuff like why don't you put brain octane in there and like we're all coffee people we all love coffee uh, yeah. And if and if they're doing something that's uh, a little bit like sketchy, uh, then I'll ask them really politely. And if they're still sketchy, then I'll ask them a little bit less politely. Uh, I'll also <laughs> very likely send uh, whoever first tells me about a coffee shop doing that a bag of coffee. And my listeners, you hear that? We need a street patrol. I didn't but, even think about it from a business perspective. I'm just like, as a customer, I'm yeah. like, I don't want to get duped, and and like I'm waiting for that nice creamy, like you know, the right recipe. But anyway, it makes it makes me sad because. The reason I focus on Bulletproof Coffee so much is that when you make it the way I describe, it gives you this feeling of clarity and focus. And it's like you, your your mind stops food obsession. And that that it's meaningful because you have so much more energy. You're like, I'm going to do everything that I can do to feel like this all the time. And so when you realize what you're capable of feeling like, you're going to start meditating. You're going to start like exercising. You're going to sleep better. Like you're going to do other things in your life because you realize that this feeling is so precious. And when someone goes out there and says, oh, this is Bulletproof Coffee, and it's basically moldy coffee that gives you crash and jitters with coconut oil blended in because it's cheap, which is why they do that. It tastes bad. And 
it, it doesn't have the effect. So then people are like, oh, that doesn't work. And like, well, drinking sewage and drinking water are not the same thing. So you can't be like, well, I drink something. Therefore, like, like it, it's, it's, it's like you need precision in what you yeah. put into your body. Yeah, perfect. All right, excellent. So, so I think we've covered that. Now, I, you know, I just want to talk briefly about the bulletproof diet. And I, you know, I've always steered away from the word diet. Like, if I see a book that's like, oh, there's something diet, there's something diet, I'm always like, eh, I don't want a diet. Like, I want some kind of plan, you know. But what I've always dug about the bulletproof diet and your approach to it, which, by the way, is infinitely easier to follow if you're getting those healthy fats in your morning coffee, is that it's on a spectrum. So it's not like you're on or off the diet. It's that, you know, at the top of the spectrum, you've got your green foods that are not green, literally, but green color on the scale there. And then on the lower end, you've got your red, which would be like your aspartame and just the nastiest shit that you could ever put in your body. But it's, it's really forgiving. And I think it, it, it loses a lot of the guilt and failure element associated with trying to be on a quote unquote diet. And I just want to give you kudos for that. I mean, I, a couple of years ago, I laminated a bunch of those. And, you know, when I work with clients or friends or family and they're like, I don't know what to eat, this or that, what diet's right for me. I'm like, just follow this and stay up in the green. And if you do that for a while, what'll happen is when you hit the red or orange down at the bottom, you're going to feel it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it makes it, it makes it easier. So what, what was your, um, your inspiration in kind of creating a food system or a diet that was mapped out that way rather than like, this is bad, this is right, the, du- the duality diet, you know? Anyone listening can go to the Bulletproof website and download this thing for free. So this isn't like buy my book, although, hey, buy my book, I'd, I'd appreciate it. And I'll explain why it's all ordered that way. But like the, the main skeleton is there. Um, just do a search bulletproof roadmap on the bulletproof website and you'll, you'll see it. Um, so you can follow along. But what I, what I did, Luke is I've run an anti-aging nonprofit research group for 15 years. Before that, I ran a program for the university of California at Santa Cruz to teach working engineers in Silicon Valley, how the internet worked and how to, how to build scalable infrastructure. So my whole career has been taking really complex topics and then making them digestible. So I spent almost two months working on the infographic that you see because no one wants to study a book on nutrition unless they love that stuff. Like, like I'm very interested in it. My parents, they don't care. The average person on the street, they don't care. They'll just tell me what to eat to feel good. But it's actually a really complex flowchart that would like fill up a whole wall. Well, does this do this? Does this, what about this? What about this? So I distilled essential principles and it comes down to like, look, these foods pretty much work for 99.9% of people and they have lots of energy in them. They don't cause food cravings and they don't have anti-nutrients that slow you down. There's a big set of suspect foods in the middle and it's like, look, some of these foods may be okay for you, but the odds are pretty darn high. But some of these foods are making you tired, making you swollen and giving you food cravings. You don't know what they are. And maybe it's none of them. Maybe it's all of them. It doesn't matter. Some suspects are guilty. Some are not guilty. And that's why they're called suspect foods. And the bottom is, those are basic kryptonite foods. But you eat these, it's because you don't like yourself. You just, like, either that or you're starving to death, in which case, well, it's better than starving to death. But seriously, like, they have no place in a healthy, high-functioning human's diet. And that means that there's a lot of room in the middle. And there's not a lot of binary stuff on the edges. So all you do is, for a couple weeks, in the book I describe the, the whole protocol, but it's very simple. Don't eat any suspects. Like eliminate all the suspects. And you're like, wow, I feel really good. And then you go back and you're like, all right, I'm going to have pizza and beer and ice cream and cheesecake and croissants and whatever else. And the next day you're like, oh, that's how I used to feel. Like that pain came back. I, I can't remember anything today. And you realize all of a sudden, wait a minute, there's something going on here. And then you're inspired and you just become aware that, okay, food has this control over my cravings. And you realize very quickly you can just figure out which suspects are guilty for you. Lentils, for a lot of people, you know, they're supposed to be healthy. For a lot of people, lentils are high in lectins. Lectins trigger basically autoimmune problems in some people. In other people, they damage mitochondrial function, your ability to make energy in your cells. So if you're genetically set up to eat lentils, they're an okay source of starch. If you're someone else who's not set up that way, for you, they are going to make you bloated and they're going to make you tired and foggy and give you sugar cravings. Now, are lentils good or bad? Depends on who you are. They're not good or bad. They simply are a form of fuel. Either it's biologically compatible with you 
or not? Like, is gas or diesel good or bad? I don't know. What kind of car do you drive? That might matter. Like, it's that kind of a way of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what's funny is that actually there's two things about the Bulletproof Diet. One is that that's going to lead me into the next topic of conversation. So I won't go there, which is that when I follow that particular kind of food program, I'm very keen on what supplements are working for me and how, which is weird because you become so finely tuned from getting rid of those foods that are inflammatory and moldy and whatever they are, or something, you know, like lentils, which I can't even like look at lentils or I get gas, you know, but it's like, then when you start playing around with supplementation and stuff, you really notice, but I want to go to one thing in the, in the Bulletproof Diet and see if you've made any adjustments to this or why you did this. But I remember when I first downloaded that amazing infographic and the first time I met you a couple of years ago, I was like, Dave, what's up with the water, man? Like, you know, I think at the in the water uh, column, it says like, you know, filtered water or something like that. And, and there wasn't like an emphasis on like real true spring water, which, you know, you know, you know me, I'm like obsessed with going and getting my own water. Um, what What's your view on like the optimal water if you had the choice of any water you could have, you know, from spring water to aqueduct water to well water to filtered, like what's your kind of final say? If you could make an infographic for the Bulletproof Diet of just water, what would it look like? Well, in the, the category that I think it's a beverage category. So there, the big thing is don't drink sugar, don't drink chemicals that are put into industrial water supplies. So you don't want fluoride and bromine and chlorine and all the industrial chemicals. You don't want lead, you don't want pharmaceuticals, like there's a lot of bad stuff in unfiltered city water. So the most important thing is don't do things that make you weak. And the whole point of the beverage uh, part of the spectrum on the Bulletproof Diet Roadmap is to stop doing things that make you weak. And so what's left is you basically drink water, tea, or clean coffee as your primary beverages. You don't drink fruit juice. You don't drink kale extract uh, on, a, on a regular <laughs> basis. You might want a little bit, but actually chugging kale juice doesn't make you healthier or a better person. It actually just gives you green teeth. And <laughs> and, sti- and maybe stiff joints. Uh, it does for me anyway, and, and quite a lot of other people too. So it, it's, it's one of those things where if we were to focus just on water, at the Bulletproof Conference, I had the chief editor of the journal, it's an academic journal called Water, who's a bioengineering guy who discovered that water has a fourth phase. So there's all kinds of cool stuff. Like Water can actually be a liquid or a solid or a gas. We all learn that, right? It can also be a gel. And they never noticed before because it's hard to see a gel inside of water and it forms up against the edge of a glass and things like that. It also turns out that in our, in our bodies, biologically active water is in the gel form. And it gets that way because of sunshine or, or infrared energy, which is produced as our cells make energy. So that's one of the reasons infrared saunas make you feel so good and make you get lean because they change the water in your cells so that your cells can make energy more effectively. Like how cool is that? That said, I would rather than, than be super perfect, uh, even though on grass-fed beef. Like, was the grass-fed beef made within five, five miles of your house? That's better, but I don't put that on there. Like, was it raised by monks who prayed over the cow every night? I don't know if that makes a difference, but it might, so let's make that a little bit better. Like, like, we can always be more perfect, but the point isn't perfection. The point is moving in the right direction. So if, if I get people to drink well-filtered water, I don't mean water from well, but I just water that's been filtered using an appropriate filtration system, they're so much better off than 99% of people out there who just kind of drink whatever's around them or they drink bottled water that's full of fluoride and things like that. So that's why it is the way it is. But if I was to do a full thing, I would say, well, you should probably expose your water to infrared. And if you listen to Bulletproof Radio, the interview with Gerald Pollack, he says that, right? Like, okay, so you could put your water in an infrared sauna. There's all kinds of structured water and, and different devices, alkaline water makers. But I'll tell you, I got my first alkaline water machine. It was 1200 bucks, and I bought it in 1996. This was way before it was cool. I had to order it from Japan because I'm a biohacker, and like I'm at the very leading edge of this stuff, and it's, it's what I do. For six months, I pooped pieces of food I could recognize. Why? Because alkaline water disables stomach acid, right? It actually didn't do me any favors. In fact, for a lot of people, making the system more alkaline is actually going to screw you up. Guess what gives you energy in the morning? An acid spike. Guess what gives you endurance in the afternoon? Alkaline. Same thing on a marathon. You want to be acidic at the beginning and alkaline at the end. So 
I get a little annoyed when people say, oh, you should be drinking more alkaline water. Not if you're eating and yeah. not if you're tired, unless it's you're tired because you're at a, at a part where you needed more endurance. So it's very nuanced. There's a circadian acid alkaline rhythm. So, so I, I don't, I don't recommend that on the bulk yeah. diet. It's not that it's good or bad. It's just that it's, it's a careful tool that you should use with surgical precision. But I can't say spring water from a tested spring that doesn't have giardia, because that'll mess you up for years if you get giardia and you might not know it. And spring water that doesn't have some other pollution in it, that would be ideal. Or water at the base of a waterfall like my, my father-in-law has on his property. Like that would be ideal. It's just not accessible. Like, like there are guys who travel around with special glass jugs with the hike up in the <laughs> that mountains. Would, that would be me. <laughs> exactly. But I gotta, I gotta ask you like really straightforward. Like, for the amount of time and energy that you expend on that, do you think you're getting that much benefit well, compared to just putting in your blender for a little while with some yeah. couple filter? Well, I have a vi- you know, I have a vitalizer, you know, you can restructure yeah. the water and stuff like that. You know what, Dave, it's it's really just about the experience of being connected to nature too. It's more of a that's, it's that's more of, it's more of a metaphysical practice than it is like, oh, I'm going to die if I get Avion or there Fiji you aqueduct, you know, um, I, I water support, instead. I support that perspective 100%. Yeah. Here's the other water I really like. Ooh, it's yeah. Actually- it's actually run by uh, um, demons, apparently, because <laughs> Nestle owns San Pellegrino, and and I've seen a picture of the CEO of Nestle. He actually has horns coming out of his no, but he he is the guy who's famous for saying access to water is not a fundamental human right, which is like a Hitler level statement. Like it, that's I don't know if, if you like people saying this, but that's fucking wrong, right? You, yeah. it's not okay on any level. Like, oh yeah, it's not a human right. I'm really sorry you're dying of thirst. We'll just watch and see if we can collect two pesos from you. Like that kind of thing, that's what gets CEOs and people like you and me who are successful and visible, that's what gets us killed by mobs. And that's why people like that need to cut that out. Yeah. So water is a fundamental human right. And not just water, but clean water is. That said, San Pellegrino, San means saint, is a holy healing spring that's been there long before a large evil company was doing uh, this sort of, you know, monopolizing water. So the reason this stuff heals people is on the label right here. And if you look at what's in it, somewhere it says sulfate, here it is, SO4, 402 parts per million. And it's like right there, I don't know if you can see that. So that's sulfate. It's hard to get sulfate in the diet. And in order for your body to use vitamin D and in order for your body to use cholesterol, you need to make cholesterol sulfate and vitamin D sulfate. I interviewed Dr. Stephanie Seneff about that on my show. So if you're going to go spend time like you do, going up into the mountains, taking off your shirt, getting a tan, getting the ultraviolet and the infrared light on your skin because your skin is photoreactive, well, you might want to have some sulfate in your diet, which is why this is bottled in, in Italy and it has specific minerals that I want in my body. And I would rather buy it from a, a really like a, a company with the moral principles that I support. I just don't know how to do that, and I do want to get my sulfate. So I drink the San Pellegrino stuff for lack of a better choice. Oh, there's a better choice, just not where I live. Whole Foods, three, the 365 brand of water is bottled right next door <laughs> in Italy. So the, the sparkling water from Whole Foods uh, appears to be the same thing. I haven't seen the label, but I would. Uh, I feel confident on that, and you get 25% more free. So. Um, go to Whole Foods and pick up some of their in-house brand. So what's the difference between those sulf- is sulfites and sulfates that you don't want to have in wine? Those are different then. Am I getting that right? Um, well, sulfates and sulfites, or is that the same, is that the same thing? Uh, sulfites are a little bit different than sulfates. Okay, okay. Uh, and they put, and we, we don't want that in, I mean, I don't drink wine, but I know like good wine is low on sulfates and things like that, right? I believe that that is actually uh, a red herring. Ah, okay. Uh, sulfate, it, it, you should be able to handle sulfate, assuming you don't have a specific genetic uh, problem in your transsulfation pathways. If you have one of those, you might have a hard time with it. The real problem with wine is twofold. One is called biogenic amines, uh, things like histamine and tyramine. And the other problem that's really big and very well documented in wine is mold toxins or mycotoxins. I know this for two reasons. One, these are the exact same problems we face in coffee and chocolate, and I happen to have the cleanest coffee on the planet, so I've looked at the biochemistry very extensively. Secondly, uh, my buddies at Dry Farm Wines, uh, if you go to bulletproof.com slash wine, uh, there's a link to all, all that stuff, but they 
I've had a really good conversation on Bulletproof Radio uh, with Todd over there who looks at wine the way I look at coffee. And when you really get into quantifying what's in wine, like the thing that makes people feel crappy is usually not the sulfate. It's because they can drink Pellegrino and they don't have a problem. It's the biogenic amines and it's the mycotoxins. So you get those out of the wine and all of a sudden, like, I feel great when I drink that kind of wine. But when I drink most wine, I feel crappy. And it, it's because of other issues. So I, sulfates, don't worry about it unless you have a genetic issue. Cool. Yeah, we did an event, uh, you know, with Tony Wrighton at the downtown LA Bulletproof Coffee Shop before the night before the conference, and Todd was there, and Todd also spoke. We recorded a podcast for a Tony show, and everyone was drinking that wine, and like, I don't, you know, I don't drink, so I don't try it. But everyone I walked by is like, "Oh my god, this wine! Smell it! Smell it!" Everyone was obsessed. So he must be doing something right because I think it's not only healthier but also seems to be like actually really good wines that he's a purveyor of. So kudos to that. If you get, he's doing a very low sugar and a very low alcohol wine and recommending small doses of it. At that point, the polyphenol benefits of wine start to really shine because the downside was diminished and the polyphenol upside was amplified. And it's the same thing with coffee, right? There's always good polyphenols in coffee, but if you take coffee and it's full of mold toxins and then you like mix in some artificial syrupy stuff and a bunch of milk, you've far overwhelmed the benefits that would have been there. But if you do it right, it has a different effect. All right, cool. I want to ask you um, about some technology stuff, because I know you have you know this crazy lab up at your spot in Vancouver. And then I got word at the conference that there is a Bulletproof Labs opening in Santa Monica. So I want to give you an opportunity to share a little bit about that. And I'm also just very curious about what that's going to be uh, all about. Well, next to the Bulletproof Coffee Shop, uh, sometime in October, we're opening Bulletproof Labs. And I've been talking on, uh, the, on the radio show for years about this crazy stuff I do. And I live here with like a half a million dollar lab where I have things that change like air pressure on the body. It looks like a cockpit from a jet fighter um, cryotherapy. I'm one of like three uh, private people who have cryotherapy at home with liquid nitrogen tanks. Um, the other two that I know about are Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins. And like, like it's a super high performance thing because it takes three minutes and you get all this energy and, and reductions in inflammation and you get an increase in caloric burn and it, it feels great. Uh, I have clinical grade neurofeedback, the, the same equipment that we use at the 40 Years of Zen Institute, uh, which is uh, something that I really put a lot of energy into this year as well, just uh, like CEO level uh, training. And then we've got new bulletproof products like the red charger, which has 40,000 red and infrared LEDs. And you lay on this thing kind of like a tanning bed and your mitochondria have something called cytochromes in them. And these are, these are light and color sensitive molecules. And when they receive a red photon, it turns into an electron. So you can actually get energy from light and this is energy that comes relatively late in the way your cells make energy. So even if you're not making energy well in your cells, you have blood sugar issues or whatever, you still feel good. And it's called infrared water or infrared light that changes water in your cells. So you lay on it and you're like, you kind of feel like energized and melted at the same time. Like you feel yourself just, just melt. It's kind of like sunlight, but without the UV. And that's a really powerful thing. And it's something you're unlikely to do at home. Uh, uh, and it, it takes between five and 20 minutes. I actually tried that at the conference, and uh, oh, if cool. anyone's curious as to what that looks like, it's um, it's on my Instagram too. Yeah, it's it's, nice. it's very very cool. I spent a little time in there and some of the other things. Yeah, so this is going to be like a, a lab, essentially similar to a gym there, where someone can stop by and just use different bits of the technology and stop in and just kind of upgrade. Or, or how is that going to work? Yeah, you can use different different bits, and you'll be able to basically kind of like you would at at a facility and pay for what you're going to use at first, and we'll work out a membership model for people. Um, but I haven't figured that out yet. The idea there is that there's so much demand, and it's kind of not fair that I I live up here on an organic farm and I do all this stuff, and it really improves my brain, my physical performance, my resilience, my energy. Uh, um, like it, it's remarkable how how big of a transformation this is, and it has nothing to do with what you'd find in a normal gym. There's no heavy things. There's not one kettlebell. There's not one metal plate. There's the bulletproof vibe that we manufacture, the whole body vibration, which helps to change the structure of water when you vibrate water. It does that. It helps with lymphatic flow, bone density, and and things like that. You, you feel very energized by that, but that's not in normal gyms. 
in order to do uh, muscle stimulation, once a week, you might spend 10 minutes with, uh, we have something called the, the cheat machine. And what this lets you do is you fight a computer with a winch instead of fighting gravity. And because there is no gravity, there's no chance of dropping something or wobbling and then injuring your joints. And so your body senses there's no risk and you can push way harder at all parts of the strength curve. So you get like really exhausted and then you're pumped for like for days. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. And then we have another machine that it's, it's actually called the bone trainer. And what you do with that, it takes 20 seconds once a week. That's all you're allowed to use. We actually track that. And it changes your joints and your bones because it flexes your bones for five seconds. And a five-second bone flexion generates a bigger electrical current from bone flexion than you're going to get from a whole bunch of high-impact exercises. And it's that bone flexion that stimulates hormones that cause you to use blood sugar and cause you to basically build strong bones. So this machine is used in clinical settings for advanced osteoporosis, even like cervical osteoporosis. In our setting, we're just using it for people who have healthy bones to have them get even stronger, like superhuman level bones. And it's, it's remarkable, but it's 20 seconds once a week. So it's not like what you find in a gym, but if you use this, you're going to free up an awful lot of time that you would have used on a treadmill somewhere. So you might as well take that time and plug in the neurofeedback we have on site so you can literally train your brain in the time we've had there. And maybe the biggest thing that I'm I'm excited about there, I have a float tank here in my house, so like a, a commercial grade one. It's really cool. It looks like a Mork and Mindy pod. You you lay down in 1,200 pounds of salt, of salt dissolved in water, and you have like a, a an advanced meditation state because it's really quiet. The problem is you got to like – resurface your skin and hair when you're done because the salt really uh, really takes it out like you look I look kind of ridiculous after I'm in there and especially for women it takes a couple days before your hair recovers even if you condition the heck out of it because you soaked your hair for like an hour or two in hot salt water and it also like like it forms stalactites on the floor or stalagmites on the floor and and it's 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 a cool experience but it comes at a, a big time commitment so I don't use my float tank as much as I would like. And we've launched the Bulletproof Virtual Float Tank. And this is a technology that comes actually out of treating addiction. And you sit in this thing, and it spins around, which activates your vestibular system. And we use uh, light sound goggles. You can't see anything, can't hear anything, but your body, once the spinning starts, it's like you're floating. And this can more reliably put you in a deeper theta state than you can get in a float tank without getting wet and it can do it in less time. So people who are really tired or really stressed, you come in, this is way turbo meditation and it feels similar to floating, but you go to that like deepest float place very quickly and you hang there the whole time and then you come out and you're not covered in salt water. That machine, I, I've done a lot of float tanks. I'm super into it, but you're right. Like, And by the way, if you do a float tank, don't go in with the cut on your body. <laughs> Just a little side note. Yeah, that'll burn. I learned, I learned that the hard way. But that the virtual float tank is insane. It's really trippy, you guys. You put on these goggles and there's just actually clear or white light from what I understand shining in the goggles and your brain when you go into those theta uh, brain waves actually create these crazy geometric patterns and colors it is so trippy and it's all kind of created by your mind I can't wait to actually like dig in with that thing a little more it was super super cool and those are things like the red charger and the virtual flow tank uh, and the bulletproof vibe those are products of bulletproof that are there because other people want to open biohacking facilities and these are big infrastructure items. These are, unless you're you're pretty wealthy or you're a professional biohacker like I am, uh, where it's a business expense, very few people will have a virtual float tank at home. Like, like those are expensive and they're meant to be shared. Um, but a few people might have a red charger at home, but generally there's still like, like commercial grade infrastructure. So there's no reason that there shouldn't be one uh, at your, you know, your office, for instance. Yeah. So we're talking with a bunch of companies who want to have biohacking labs for their employees and we can help facilitate that. Awesome. And, and it's, it, it's a, it's a neat model. It's, it's a different thing than a gym, different thing than a med spa. It's anything. It's a biohacking lab and it's awesome. It's fantastic. And, you know, I, I could tell from the time that I met you, Dave, um, I'm going to take a little philosophical turn here because I could talk about this like biohacking shit all day, honestly. But, 
you know, when I met you, I asked you something about um, one of my favorite teachers and authors, Mr. David R. Hawkins, or Dr. Hawkins, who wrote Power Versus Force and a number of other books. And I don't know why I asked you that, but I said, have you ever heard of him? And you're like, oh yeah, I read this, this, and this. And I was like, ah, this dude is on a mission that has a much deeper meaning than um, just selling coffee. And it, it, uh, don't, don't tell anyone. Else, weird. <laughs> yeah. But you know, in, in that yeah. moment I was like, Oh, he, this, this dude's, he's onto some stuff that's like, you know, you're a business person, you're smart, like you're savvy. I respect you. You've helped me immensely in business through our coaching and stuff. But I, I have a feeling, and I want to see if I'm intuiting this right, that a lot of what you do is actually to contribute to the world. And, and I feel that there's, that you're spiritually driven for whatever that means. And, and I personally think that you kind of play that down a bit because you, and this is totally me, you know, just projecting a, a perception here that you don't want to come off as like a woo woo and like turn off your core audience, perhaps. I mean, do you kind of tone down your level of, you know, wanting to really contribute to the world on a, on a spiritual plane through the stuff that you put out? Because I feel like you got a really big heart is what I, I'm trying to convey. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. I, and this uh, this forty years of, of Zen Institute thing uh, that that I've been doing is part of my mission, and it, it's separate from Bulletproof. But when you spend more than ten weeks of your life with a lie detector on your head uh, in meditative states, like doing advanced Zen work, but with guidance, so the computer tells you, "Nope, that's not it. Yep, that's it. That's it." Like it's much faster and easier. Uh, I, I fundamentally believe that everyone uh, w- everyone wants to be good. And everyone is is intrinsically motivated to do that, but there's a lot of inhibitors uh, to that, that things that are challenges that make it hard to be good. So I'm pretty open that you know my mission is to help a lot of people. Like I know that through Bulletproof, I'm, I'm quantifiably reducing things like ADD and Alzheimer's and autism, and those are core parts of my mission. And I don't have to tell people this product does that. I just like, look, you feel better when you have these things. And if the lifestyle helps you move away from chronic uh, diseases, when you are not 10 years away from a chronic disease and you've actually restored your ability to make energy in your cells, you will naturally be nicer to the people around you. Right? And we all live here. Like, I want a world full of nice people. I want my kids to grow up in one. Uh, but th- so I'm, I'm pretty open about the fact that, yeah, this is a mission driven company. Everyone here knows, like, we do something to make ourselves better every day. And we do something to make the world better every day. Like that's part of the culture at Bulletproof. But, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that it has to be a spiritual bent. Like if someone's not a spiritual person, all that I need to do to win is show you a way, whether you buy from me or not, doesn't matter. Show you a way that you can have more energy. When you have more energy, it's very hard to use that energy to be even more of a dick. <laughs> Right, you, It's possible, but you have to really work at it. What will happen is you're like, wow, I was going to flip that guy off or I was going to say something mean, but I had enough energy so that the, the more human parts of my brain and my heart, so they could intervene. And instead of doing something that I'll be ashamed of later, I, I did the right thing and I acted with kindness and integrity and I liked myself better because I did that. You don't have to believe in spiritual stuff. You don't have to be religious. None of that stuff matters. It's bioenergetic. But once you get your bioenergetic stuff up there, if you are on a spiritual or a personal development path, <laughs> the, the gloves come off. At the 40 years of Zen thing, I can triple the amount of neurofeedback training per day when I use mitochondrial enhancing things. So biological energy drives spiritual energy. And if you don't have a spiritual path or energy, it doesn't matter. Have more biological energy. So everybody wins when we start with the hardware, but I'm spending a lot of my own time on my software which I do with computers to reprogram my own software. It's it's the coolest thing. In fact, all of the Bulletproof senior execs get the $15,000 like five-day intensive program that I use myself uh, as part of their their executive training. And then all the employees at Bulletproof, uh, at least as many as I can arrange, get access to part of that training. We actually have clinical grade neurofeedback for employees as part of the employee benefits so that they can go in and just have better functioning brains at home and at work. Like, like how would you not offer that? If you know how to do it, like it's your responsibility as a CEO to take care of the people who support the mission. Yeah, it's so it's so true. It is integrated. And I was actually very surprised when I went through 40 years of Zen, uh, I guess it was two years ago. Yeah, this month actually. And 
I was not expecting it to be as spiritually profound as it was, you know, because I've, d- I've done, you know, not to say that I've arrived by any stretch, but I've done a lot of work for a lot of years through meditation and everything else. And in 40 years of Zen, I have to say two things happened to me that are absolutely, um, you know, evident to me at this point. A is that that state of being in the witness state, which for those of you listening, you know, I think Buddhists kind of use that term, but meaning that you can observe your small animal self doing stuff. You know, you can observe your emotions, you can spend more time separated from your mind and your thinking and know that there's kind of a you that's watching the phenomenon of your personality interact with the world, right? And that that capacity grew exponentially during that process for that week because you literally are watching your brain watch your brain. I mean, it's like, it is a trip. So that, that was like, a really profound experience for that. But what I've noticed as a, as a positive side effect of that is my creativity from that point moving forward. I mean, that's really part of why I'm doing this podcast is just the ideas don't stop. Now the, the bandwidth to like handle those ideas and put a team of people together to help execute them. But it's like all day, every day for the most part, I'm just creativity is off the charts and and I was told that that was one of the main benefits and I have to say that it, it absolutely has been because that's the only major change in the past couple of years that I made everything else I'm just kind of doing my thing well there's some more because we opened the dedicated facility in, uh, in in Seattle Washington and here we've added a bunch of new tech that I didn't have available back when you did it so we can also increase the voltage potential in your brain, like literally make more raw power. And then we can increase the speed of neuron firing in the brain. So now it's like more power and better throttle response, more torque, if you think about it like a race car. And then we've added in some gamma state and some other things. So it's a continuously evolving program. And we've, we've just had a big new release of, of new custom hardware and software um, that I'm I'm pleased to say it, it does not exist anywhere else on the planet, and I'm just I'm seeing personal results, and uh, I'm seeing uh, results in in clients that are are beyond what I could do two years ago, and it is um, it's always it's, it's changed my life dramatically. You know what it does in just one time. Imagine if you spent ten times doing that, including like stuff that's not on the menu. Like it, I'm a different person, and my ability to just bring it is is unbelievable. But in terms of the mission on Bulletproof, the kind of people who go to that are CEOs and leaders and people who have big missions. And part of the, the deal is with Bulletproof, I can change demand. Like we've changed demand for grass-fed products. It's off the charts. They're writing about it in the New York Times. That means we'll have more healthy soil because you got to have soil to make grass to make cows. So boom. We're getting an environmental win right there. But at the same time, you got to change the supply. You change demand. The people in charge of investing in the supply, if they do not have awareness and consciousness, it doesn't work. So I can help these people come in. They will kick ass as entrepreneurs. They'll be better human beings on every level, including better operators of companies, but they'll probably make better decisions that impact all of us in the right way, the same way I do, as a result of just getting more biological energy from the biohacking techniques and then better software programming from what we're doing over at 40 Years of Zen. So it's, it's a very cool world to live in. It's a it's truly a mind body spirit because you have to have all three of those elements. You know, your body has to be working right, brain has to be working right. You have to have the right mentality. You have to understand, you know, a degree of metaphysical principle in order to function and be productive. And you have to have, you know, whatever your form of spirituality is. And in, to me, to me, it's like an intention to do more good in the world world than harm. Right? Yeah. It's like you know, and absolutely. What, and if that includes making money and building an empire, like great, so be it. You more money, more empire, helping more people. So I love. Love that. So Dave, I know we're coming to the end of our time here. I want to ask you our closing question. It's three parts. You've been our teacher. I've learned so much from you through coaching and through everything that you do on your podcast and books and all the stuff that you put out. Who are three important teachers or teachings that you might recommend that have influenced you? Hmm. It really depends on, on what you're trying to do, right? Like, so, so there's, there's spiritual level teachings, uh, there's you know, business level teachings, and, and it, it, it's a hard question. That's, that's kind of the point. So let, yeah. me, let, me, let, me, let me steer you over here. How about mindset, personal development, spirituality? How about more in that category? 
Uh, on the, it, could, it could be books, people, something you know so that's on, really been a game changer. On the personal development front, I mean, uh, uh, Dr. Dawkins' books are pretty good. Or Hawkins. Dawkins. Hawkins, yeah. So I was confused Richard Dawkins. <laughs> he's like, he's like Richard, the worst skeptic ever. With, yeah. with Richard like, Dawkins is the one that hates God. Dr. Yeah. Hawkins is the one that recommends you try some form of God. Yes. Uh, thank you. And I cross those two in my mind all the time. So I've probably recommended like the bad one half the time. Anyway, what you'll find there is that, like a quantification. It's all intuitive, like felt sense of the world. But when you look at people who, who use science to look at what their feelings are, that's where the rubber hits the road. So I thought he had a really good framework for understanding just levels of spiritual and moral evolution. That's a really, really cool set of work. Um, the Eye of the Eye is probably uh, the book that I, I resonated the most with there. Uh, the other one would be Napoleon Hill, uh, Think and Grow Rich. One of the first ones, but he, he kind of nailed it. And it hasn't... Uh, uh, he hasn't stopped nailing it in all these years, so that's pretty good, dude. Have you ever? I, I'm going to interrupt really quick. Just you probably have, but if anyone listening hasn't, have you ever heard his lectures? There's like a series of recordings of him doing these talks in these mm -hmm. halls, which are. Have you ever heard those by chance? Like uh, him, I haven't. Oh man, fantastic! Anyway, check it out, listeners. Check it out. Napoleon Hill audio recordings. They're uh, available widely. Okay, third one, and a, a third one. I mean, it really depends. I mean, I, I tend to think that some business knowledge is good. Uh, I would, I would say Jay Abraham, um, who's a, a mentor for me and, and one of the sort of best marketing guys out there, and in terms of just longevity and and understanding something. And the concept from Jay that really stuck with me is, is he put words to something that I, I kind of intuitively felt, and he talks about having a fiduciary responsibility for your customers. So. Uh, and that means that it is your moral and ethical and, and legal responsibility to do what's right for them, not what's right for you. And, and that means that if it's better for someone to not use a bulletproof product, that I am morally obligated to tell them to use something else. And that's what I do. Like, that's what I've always done. But he just put it like as a fiduciary responsibility. And Jay's just relentless work on marketing and just delivering value over and over, over the course of decades is, is pretty inspiring. And you, you look at his content, he, he understands marketing at a very intuitive level and has taught me a lot just about like loving your customer that much uh, that you have that sense of responsibility for them. Awesome, man. Thanks, Dave. Uh, where would you like people to go to find you and your work? Well, you can check out Bulletproof Radio on iTunes. You can go to uh, bulletproof.com to pick up the Bulletproof stuff and find the Bulletproof blog. And if that neurofeedback stuff at the very high end was attractive to you, 40yearsofzen.com. We've got some stuff up there. You can apply to be in it. There's a mastermind program where you get some time with me. That's a part of that. So it's an application process, but it's really cool. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been really great getting to ask you some questions in front of an audience. Luke, it's always a pleasure to get to chat and it's fun to do it on the air. Have a beautiful day. You too, brother. Bye. Bye. I want to thank you for letting me be myself again. You know that song, Sly and the Family Stone? I want to thank you for letting me go something like that. Google it. Shit is hot. No, but seriously, I want to thank you for supporting me and my mission of the Lifestylist podcast. We're up to episode 25 now, which is incredible. It's going by really fast, but I was very excited to bring you Dave Asprey today. Obviously a great guest. I hope you got a lot out of that. If you did, go over to lukestory.com forward slash support. You'll find three easy ways to offer a small financial contribution to help me not only keep improving, but growing this show and getting it to more and more people. But hey, listen, if your pockets aren't feeling that deep today, don't trip, boo. Just share this episode with someone that you think will benefit from it. And until next week, this is Luke Story from lukestory.com signing off. I'd like to remind you that if you want better health, a deeper detox, more powerful sleep, improved athletic performance, and you want to burn the crap out of the calories running around in your body, and you want to burn fat just sitting on your duff, you want to do that in an infrared sauna. And my favorite infrared sauna in the world is, of course, Clearlight. 
So you need to get that ass into a clear light sauna. It's one of my top health and fitness hacks in the world. Absolutely, hands down, been doing it for years and years. Now, the awesome thing for you, my listener, is that you get a discount. These units uh, start at $22.95 with free shipping. But if you mention my name, you do a little name dropping here, Hollywood style, you're not only going to get a discount, but you're going to get a free gift. That's right. So here's what you do. Go to healwithheat.com, tell them I sent you, and you're going to get hooked up. If you want to call someone, get some help, get some feedback, great. They're happy to take your call. The number is 800-317-5070. Great company, great customer service, very knowledgeable, informative, and helpful people over there. It's like one big family, and you can join it. Again, go to healwithheat.com. And if you can't afford to get a sauna of your own right now, I just want to recommend that you make this part of your weekly, if not every couple day practice. It's one of the most powerful tools for healing and detox. And I just love to share this information with you. So have a great day and I will be talking to you soon.